This evening's reading is from Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 45, and can be found on page 1054 of the Church Bibles in front of you. So it's Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 45. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, My house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it, because all the people hung on his words. Thank you very much, Emily. Good evening, everybody. Um, This evening we're we're starting back in a new series where we're going to finish off uh, the book of uh, Luke. Uh, we've been going through Luke for uh, the best part of about two years, I think, uh, that we started uh, just working through systematically verse uh, by verse by verse. Uh, and between now and Christmas, we're pretty much uh, going to get to the end. Uh, and as we've been looking through Luke's gospel, we've been seeing all of the, the, the adult ministry of Jesus. We sort of skipped by uh, the birth narrative and started there. Uh, and we saw all the things that Jesus was doing uh, and teaching. Uh, and then we got to that really crucial verse in Luke 9, 51, uh, where it says that Jesus resolutely uh, set out for Jerusalem. Uh, that was to say that when we were looking at Luke, we were saying that, that in Jesus' mind was just constantly looking toward Jerusalem, uh, looking ahead to that moment uh, upon the cross uh, when he was going to uh, make forgiveness for sins. Uh, and then the very last passage that we had uh, immediately before that was that the triumphal entry, that sort of culmination. Uh, but from this point onwards, we're really getting to the, the last episode, if you will, uh, of Jesus' journey in Luke as we see it. Uh, and as we see this, we, we see that actually that, that Jesus is, is fully focused upon what he's about to do. And we see that Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. Uh, and that's what we're going to uh, remember this evening. So as we do, let's uh, pray uh, as we start. Loving uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this book of Luke. And we pray this evening uh, that you may uh, lift up our heads and our hearts to see you, to hear your voice, and to know you more. Amen. Uh, I wonder if anybody knows where this is. It's me, so it's an easy question. Guernsey, correct. Uh, uh, So, um, you know, that's... um, uh, Guernsey, it's my home. Uh, when I was at university, uh, some, I had a friend who, who wanted to come and visit me in Guernsey. And I, I, I still do have a bit of a sort of practical joke side to me. I'm the dad who hides in the cupboard to scare his children. Um, but he, he, back then I still did it. So they, uh, they were saying, well, when we come to Guernsey, what's the currency? My eyes light up. Um, <laughs> Just for information, you can use English money in Guernsey if you go. You can't use Guernsey money in England, but you can. Okay, but you should remember that and bear in mind. So Guernsey has pound sterling, but it has its own its own notes. 
uh, one-pound notes, five-pound notes, uh, all these sorts of things. Uh, and this, of course, back in the day when you would actually change your money to go on holiday. You know, now we just pay on card and whip off whatever exchange rate they have. But you'd change your money. So they said, what's the currency of Guernsey? And I'd obviously shown these before to them. And I said, oh, it's the Sarnian. Sarnian's Guernsey French for Guernsey. And I said, the, the exchange rate is it's, it's one, one Guernsey pound is the equivalent of one pound 25 of English money. You can probably see this is headed, can't you? <laughs> and I said, but I'll do you a special rate, a mate's rate of 120. So for every five pound they spend, I gain a quid. Um, that's what I'm thinking. But they said, Ben, we can't do that to you. you we, we can't put you out of pocket. We'll go to the post office. And that's what they did. <laughs> so they went to the post office and said, have you got any Sarnians? And they went, I think someone's having you on. <laughs> there you go. Well, okay, why? And they came back to me saying, why did you do that? It's like, well, you know. Anyway, uh, they still came, but hey-ho. Uh, why, um, why do I talk about that little story of my uh, childish nature? Well, that was a little bit about what was happening here in our passage uh, when we look at the temple and Jesus. And Jesus is there, but why is he getting so angry? Uh, But actually, it's worse than that. Uh, Because what would happen is that uh, the people would have to go to the temple to to make sort of restitution. They'd have to bring their animal. They'd have to travel quite a while to get there. So it wasn't easy to bring along your sacrifice. Uh, So therefore, they'd have to buy it in situ, you know, a bit like buying petrol at a service station. And just like petrol in a service station, it's an inflated rate. Uh, so they're paying over the odds for these animals to, to bring their sacrifice. But more than that, they also had to use the temple currency. They had to use the special currency of the temple, which, again, as you can imagine, was an inflated exchange rate. Uh, so when Jesus walks in, he, he's seeing uh, these people who are being hit twice. Uh, hit by the, the fact they had to pay extra for the animals and being hit by this exchange rate. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, the, the temple's good. The problem isn't with the temple. This is God's way of, of bringing the people back again. It's a, a good thing. The problem's with the people. And so, verse 45, when Jesus entered the temple courts, when God himself enters the temple, he sees what's going on. He he sees what he loves and he sees it being trashed. You know, when you lend something to a friend and they just mess it up and when he sees it his he's full of of righteous anger if you look at other accounts uh, they talk about tables being turned over and he's angry i i think for two reasons that he's angry because he this is the place of god's name and they're turning it into a place to make a quick buck uh, he's angry because God's name is being scorned and scoffed. Yeah, but he's also angry because God's people or people can't come. They're being given a burden that they don't need. 
because it should be, as he says, verse 46, it should be a, a house of prayer. And when you read that passage, you can see a little footnote. It says Isaiah 56, verse 7. And when you read Isaiah 56, it's really a, a house of prayer for the nations. God's temple should have been a, a, a beacon of light for the world, uh, to display the goodness of the world to all people. Uh, we read uh, in 1 Kings chapter 8, uh, when Solomon is dedicating the temple, he, he writes this, uh, 1 Kings eight forty one to 43. Uh, As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, being a beacon to the world, uh, for they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your uh, outstretched arm when they come and pray towards the temple. Then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks so that, they, that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your own people Israel and may know that this house I have built bears your name. Uh, God's temple is meant to be the beacon to the world. And what is it? A den of robbers. A den of robbers. Jesus quotes again, Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 9 to 11. Is that the part, and he, this is Jeremiah 7, it says, Will you steal and murder? Uh, commit adultery and perjure, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known. And then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say, uh, we're safe. Uh, safe to do all these detestable things. Has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? But I've been watching, declares the laws. Uh, the problem is not with the temple. The problem is with the people. The problem is with the people. They, uh, they've hearts have turned away. Uh, they think that actually, look, we've got the temple, we'll be okay. Well, Jesus is saying, think again. It was only another sort of 30 or so years that the temple would be gone. Uh, just because you've got the temple, that means nothing. No, God doesn't uh, judge external affiliations. He judges hearts. And so we must hear the, the warning to each of us. That actually we're, we're foolish to think that, it, that simply an association with church, even a church like Bishop Harrington, that just the mere association means anything. It's our, our heart that the Lord looks at. He cares about your heart. And that's a danger for all of us, isn't it? I think actually it can be a particular danger for students. And the reason is that it's that chance to move away from home. You'll suddenly find yourselves in a new level of independence, a new chance to choose or not choose. A new chance to say, well, that was, that was my old life and this is my new life. And you chance to say, well, uh, uh, I'm okay because I've got that sort of historic background, but, but I don't need it today. When I used to work with students, there was a, uh, one student I remember called Jim, it's not his real name, 
Um, Jim came from a church very similar to, to Bishop Hankton, I guess. Uh, if you were to chat to him as a fresher, he was keen. He, he had all the kind of the answers. Uh, and it was my job at the time to try to, to, to meet up with students and encourage them. And he was really happy to do that. In fact, he loved doing it. He was used to doing it. But yet there was something that just that wasn't quite right. Uh, Jim would always um, make up excuses why he couldn't come to church. Very happy to meet me, but, but church was always that little bit too much effort. And then he loved hockey, and, and hockey would, would come, and he would do anything to please his hockey pals. And then just we'd meet up, and we'd look at the Bible, and he'd still have the right answers when we looked at the Bible. But you could just tell something wasn't right. And then at the end of that year, I, I had to move away. And I came back and I visited him. And uh, he just was doing nothing, Christian-wise. He just had, he'd just fallen. And it was heartbreaking. Now, I have no idea. This is 10 years ago. I have no idea where Jim is today. I pray that actually that maybe, you know, life changes, doesn't it? Things move on and things grow. And, and I pray that that actually for him, maybe he did come back. But I don't know. I don't know. Because it's not about external affiliation, about what we have done or where we have been. It's about our hearts. And even if we're just staying here at BH day by day, we need to bring our hearts to the Lord. But I don't just want us to, to hear a warning this evening, although we need to hear that warning. Uh, I also want us to, to see the, the sunshine of the gospel, the goodness of the gospel that warms, that delights. Because Jesus is, is longing here to, to take a burden away. I mean, did you notice how actually there was this burden of people coming? They were being bound by what they had to do, being bound by the, the money they had to spend, the extortionate money they had to spend. And Jesus is, is cleansing the temple. Uh, he's releasing more of that because really, Jesus, God, is very easily pleased. He's very easily pleased. He doesn't want your stuff. He, he doesn't want your duty. He just wants you. He just wants you. God is easily pleased. Uh, and so he, he moves from, from cleansing the temple uh, to, to making the temple what it should have been. Uh, that opportunity for people to come to hear. Uh, verse 47. Every day he was teaching at the temple. Uh, end of verse 48. Because all the people hung on his words. Uh, Jesus was making the, the temple literally the place to meet with God. Uh, and as he did that, the, the people listened to his words and they hung on his words and longed to follow his words. Because wouldn't that be amazing, though, to go and hear Jesus? I mean, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? I mean, imagine uh, that actually instead of the on your service sheets, it, it, it didn't say kind of, you know, Ben Martin... It said Jesus. I mean, how would that change how we approached our, our coming to church? I, I have a feeling, I could be wrong, I have a feeling that 
you know, perhaps a few more people might come. Um, that sort of sense of that if it's Jesus speaking, it's going to pack the place out, isn't it? If Jesus is speaking, you're going to be thinking, right, I'm, I'm really going to listen. I'm going to remember. I'm going, I might even write stuff down because this is Jesus. It's God's word. I've got to pay attention. But when Jesus speaks then, it's the same as him speaking here. I forget that. I forget that. So, uh, I forget that actually that, that, that same power that, that spoke creation into being, that, that same sort of awe that we'd have, we heard Jesus in person, is right in front of me. I forget that. I mean, these are words that, that change our today. These are words that, that change our eternity. And if I remember that more, I wonder how that would change, how I approach the Bible. But both on a Sunday when, when someone's up here speaking. But also every day. This is Jesus' words. Jesus' words. I forget that. Lord, I need help to remember. Every day. But then, of course... Uh, Jesus cleansed the temple. He, he restored the temple temporarily to what it should be. But we know that actually Jesus headed for something else. 951, Jesus set his face to Jerusalem because he knew that's where he was going to be killed. And here, verse 47, every day he was teaching in the temple courts, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Uh, Jesus had upset the, the status quo of the day. They wanted to get rid of him. And they can't because of his popularity, verse uh, 48. But we know they, they get their man. We know that's where it's headed. But of course, we also know it's not really their plan at all. It was always Jesus' plan. Because Jesus is everything. He's the one who holds time in his hands. Jesus is the one who, who cleared the temple for you and for me, to, for, for God's name, but also so sinners may come and hear. Uh, Jesus is the one who, who taught with words so we could know what, what life was. But actually more than that, we're reminded this evening that Jesus didn't simply cleanse the temple and taught in the temple. He is the temple. He is the way that we get to God. He is the life. He, he is the means by which we are literally, not symbolically, but literally restored to, Jesus, to, to God the Father. The way that actually the one who came to offer his life as a once for all sacrifice. And that's what we need to remember. So whether uh, this evening, whether we're, we're staying or whether we're going, uh, whether uh, we're, we're starting something completely new, new year, new university, new job, or, or whether we're just going back to the same old that we've been at for 30 years, uh, whether we're young or we're old, uh, this truth rings out clearly. Jesus is the way. He is everything. He is always enough. He is always there. He is always in charge. 
He is always following his plan. And so tonight, just as we draw to a close, we we need to to remember that warning. That that it's not about just a mere association, just walking through the door. It's our heart. But actually, there's a great freedom in that. Because Jesus is so easily pleased. He just wants you. Uh, And we can uh, long to to cling on his words, to listen to his words, because his words are good. His words are everything. And you'll never regret, never regret choosing Jesus. You'll never regret choosing Jesus at at work or in your relationships uh, or in your uh, ethics, how you decide what is right and wrong. Uh, in the, the way that you spend your time, you'll never regret choosing Jesus. So my prayer for me is that I may fill my life day by day with Jesus. Because I'll never regret it. And as I do that, to go and live my life, whatever that may be, wherever that may be, School, university, work, home, family. Filling my head and my heart with Jesus and his words. Because he's always there, always enough. He is everything. And then, going to live for him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are indeed everything. (laughs) That you are the way, the truth, the life. That that you, you came to Jerusalem to make the way. To be that new temple, the new means by which we are made right. A once for all offering. So Jesus, we pray that you may help us to fill our heads and our hearts with you. Not delighting in external affiliation and sacrifice delighting that we go to uh, this particular church but actually delighting in you lord fill us we pray in jesus name amen